Hello, and welcome to the Think Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Cuevas. I'm a lover of French Rose coffee, golden doodles, and pump-up music. I believe happiness is something we each create for ourselves and that you are in the driver's seat of your own life. Yep, you. Join me each week as we chat with guests about their personal happiness journeys and dive into practices that you can incorporate into your daily life to help you be, well, happier. Hello, and welcome to the Think Happy Podcast. Today's episode is a listener-requested episode. And you guys, I truly love creating content that you all request. So please, please, please keep those suggestions rolling in. My total goal with not only this podcast, but just Think Happy Co. as the whole business is here to serve you guys. So truthfully, when you send in questions and topics that you'd like covered, it just makes it easier for me to serve you. So it's a (laughs) win-win. Today, I am joined by Dr. Sonia Singh, and we will be talking all about self-care. Sonia is a board-certified internist. She's the founder of Juniper Modern Primary Care, a boutique membership-based solo practice built to serve busy women, which sounds just like the Think Happy community (laughs) here in Houston. In her practice, she focuses on proactive prevention and management of disease by addressing root causes and lifestyle factors such as mindset, nutrition, exercise, sleep, hydration, and stress management. Honestly, you guys, when Dr. Sonia and I first met on Instagram a few months ago, it was evident that we were so incredibly aligned, and I'm just so happy and honored that she is here with us today. So welcome to the show, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. I'm excited to be here. This, it's going to be a fun episode. It really is. So let's just start by telling me, telling the listeners a little bit about you, a little bit about your journey. Um you know, how you found your way to medicine and opening up your own practice. Yeah, so growing up, my dad uh, was a doctor. He is a doctor. He's still practicing. Um, And he's one of those doctors that just is obsessed with what he does. Like, he loves his job. He's so passionate about it. He's good at it. And I think whenever you're around somebody who is like that, it's, Mm -hmm. like, hard not to be inspired by them. So there was some level of expectations, I think, that I might um, pursue medicine. Um, But he was definitely the one that that really inspired me to think about it. Um, But to be honest with you, I think I've always been a creative at heart. Like, Mm -hmm. I love to write and draw and paint and all that stuff comes really naturally to me. Um, But I didn't grow up with the mindset that those things were, like, viable career options. unfortunately so I kind of was like trucking along on this path um, applying to medical school and then I even actually got to residency and still sort of felt like a square peg in a round hole like did I choose the right thing like is this really the right path for me and I would say it wasn't until like I was in my first job as an actual doctor for like a full year Mm -hmm. that I realized like okay, yeah, like I think I'm kind of good at this and I like this and like it's going to work out, you know. So, um, and really I I don't think I found my place in medicine until this year when I started Mm -hmm. my own practice and and started being able to use like that creative side of my personality (laughs) in my job. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what 
like led you down the road of opening up your own practice? Um, we were chatting a little bit about this before we started mm-hmm. recording, but really motherhood, I think, was like the big yeah. thing that finally pushed me to do it. Um, when I was pregnant, I kind of became a patient for the first time and yeah, saw what the healthcare system looks like from the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, my my priorities and my perspective just changed um, in my own life. And we talked about this also, you suddenly like have no tolerance for nonsense mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. <Yep>. And <laughs> yep. I just, I saw my job and what I was doing with sort of a new lens and just felt like, gosh, it can be done so much better. And yeah. I looked really hard for, you know, like a health system or a place where I could practice in a way that felt more aligned with my values. And I just didn't feel like any place did that. So I decided to just make it myself. (laughs) That is so amazing and admirable. Just you couldn't find what you were looking for. So you created it like yeah. That is really cool. I mean, terrifying, but. And I hope you are so proud of yourself. <laughs> oh, thank that you. That takes guts. It thank really you for does. saying that. Like I said, I I credit I credit my son for like giving me the guts yeah. to, to do something crazy like that. But for I'm sure. so glad that I did now being just a few months into it. Absolutely. I feel like we could totally go off on a tangent about this <laughs> and just like talk about how our kids inspire us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So listeners, if y'all could request an episode on that, that would be really great. So we can come back and talk about that. <laughs> Have you heard that buzzword that's been going around? Collagen? Yep, that's the one. By now, you probably know that collagen is great for your hair, skin, and nails. Well, walk to the garbage, throw out your collagen powder and pills, and get your hands on a liquid collagen. It's an ingestible, fast-absorbing, type 2 collagen plus hyaluronic acid matrix that is clinically proven to increase your hyaluronic acid, aka wrinkle filler, by 6,000% in just 28 days. This specific liquid collagen has seven U.S. and international patents and more than 35 clinical research trials. Liquid BioCell Collagen has been proven to improve joint mobility and reduce discomfort, promote healthy cartilage and connective tissue, and improve hydration, firmness, and elasticity of your skin. Do you want to give this inside-out liquid gold a 90-day try? Head to the link in my Instagram bio to give it a try with the Think Happy discount code. Again, just head to the link in my Instagram bio and you can find it there. Back to self-care. So your practice's mission is to make healthcare feel like self-care, not just sick care, and to transform the experience of visiting a doctor from one that's frustrating, inefficient, and dehumanizing into one that's positive, hassle-free, and empowering. And there is so much that I love about that, and it's evident that there is so much heart that you put behind that mission. And so I want to really dig into the first part of that first sentence, which is uh, to make healthcare feel like self-care. Can you talk to us about the meaning behind that? Yeah, definitely. So 
it's funny self-care has become like such a buzzword For um, sure. obviously we're like doing an entire <laughs> podcast episode yes. on it but um i actually looked up the definition the definition of self-care Ooh, prior yes. to this um in preparation for this uh episode and what i found online was the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health okay and i love that definition because that's what going to the doctor is yes like, that's exactly what it is exactly you're doing something to you know maintain or improve your health exactly but it never feels that way like no. in <laughs> in reality it never ever feels like that and I think that's because the healthcare system that we have has made it into an experience that's you know at best maybe a hassle and at worst mm-hmm. like unpleasant and makes you feel invalidated and dehumanized and maybe even shamed or embarrassed yeah and, and I just always believed like it didn't have to be that way you know yeah. um one of my goals as a doctor is that patients always leave my office feeling better mm-hmm. and I may not be able to like cure what they have or even may not have a diagnosis for them that day but I want them to feel like they're being taken care of like somebody yeah. is looking out for them and at the very least give them information validation yeah you know compassion um, and I really think that's possible and so you know my vision was just to build a practice where that's what the experience is instead yeah. of you know what we're used to yeah um, so also while I was preparing for this episode, I had texted a couple of my friends saying, you know, is there anything specific that you guys would want to hear in this episode? Um, I had put up like a question box on my Instagram and, um, but one of my friends texted me back and she was like, I'm kind of having a hard time thinking of a request because I don't associate like PCPs with self-care mm-hmm. and, and she was like honestly I just want to sit here and listen to the episode like <laughs> I <laughs> and so just the fact that you're you know trying trying to make an experience that a lot of times like we dread going to the doctor we don't want to carve out time to go to the doctor because in our heads like oh we're gonna sit in the waiting room for 45 minutes and then we're gonna sit in the patient or in the um exam room the exam mm-hmm. room thank you for another 30 minutes and yeah. like that's going to be half of my day and you know maybe we're not feeling well it's just you're taking all of that and turning it around reframing it into something that can be more enjoyable which i think especially for moms is so necessary when it's already hard enough to take care of ourselves yeah i mean that's a theme i see over and over again in my practices busy moms that are putting everyone else in the family first before themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when I left my very traditional job and have finally had time, like I made sure my son got a haircut, my dog got a haircut, they both went to the doctor and like then I went and got my (laughs) annual physical. So it's just, I think we have a tendency to kind of leave our needs for last and Mm I think the healthcare system doesn't make it easy because, like you said, it just becomes such a hassle to go get your care that you that you yeah. keep putting it off even further. So yeah. my goal is to try to like reduce all those barriers and create an environment that felt more supportive and empowering. And you know, my job is literally to take care of my patients. So yeah. I want them to feel like, okay, somebody else is taking care of me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I love that. Something that um, I talk a lot about just on this platform and on social media is how you serve others better when you serve yourself first. Mm -hmm. And you're creating an avenue for that. You know, you totally are. That's obviously I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. You have to to (laughs) fill your cup first, as they always say. Yes, exactly. So 
to you actually before i ask this question we've already kind of touched on how self-care is like a buzzword right so to you what actually is self-care and then my second part to that question is what are some examples of true self-care versus like what social media mm-hmm. refers to as quote unquote self-care mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think that a lot of times we mix up self-care with just enjoyable activities mm-hmm. and i think the part that makes something really be really more of self-care than just a fun thing is when it's really intended to improve your overall well-being or maintain your overall well-being. So Mm -hmm. like sitting and having a bowl of ice cream or, um, you know, buying like a really nice handbag, like those are maybe treating yourself, but they may not be self-care, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the other thing that I see a lot, especially with like busy, busy moms is at a certain point, like their plates are full. And when we talk about self-care and like meditation and yoga and going in and getting a massage, it Mm -hmm. feels like just another thing that they have to do. And then, you know, it it then falls into that same cycle of like guilt that you're just not doing enough and not doing everything you're supposed to do and not doing a good job. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and that's obviously counterproductive. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. It's not helpful at all to think that. So um, I think when you get to that point where you're feeling like I just don't have time or room in my life for self-care, then self-care actually becomes about boundaries and setting boundaries and really prioritizing yourself. And I think that the part that a lot of people don't realize is that sometimes setting boundaries doesn't feel good in the moment Mm -hmm. and it's still (laughs) self-care. Exactly, yeah. Um, Like an example from my life is, you know, at one point, I think the biggest act of self-care I did in my old job was just to say, okay, I'm not going to take on any more projects that don't pay me anything. And some of those things were things I like would have really wanted to do, like mentoring a student Mm -hmm. or, you know, doing some quality improvement things. And I realized like saying no was an act of self-care because I had to preserve my time and my energy for the things that I was prioritizing over those, you know, for sure. So, um, I think I think boundaries now are, are becoming a, a bigger part of the self-care discussion. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that makes me think of I recently did an episode. It was a solo episode on not always saying yes. Mm-hmm. And so part of what I was talking about there was like these quick yeses that mm-hmm. we say that like might feel good in the moment and might feel like the easier um, route to take. But then down the road, like it actually weighs on you more. It's so much more work, um, runs you dry, leaves Mm -hmm. no time for something else that you could have done that was serving you better. So you talking about how a boundary that you set um, back at your other at your other job with saying no to things that don't pay you, Mm -hmm. you know, it probably didn't feel good in the moment to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't intern a student right now. but you were saying no in the moment so that you could better serve yourself down the road. Yeah, I mean, there were so many days that I was really grateful that I had an extra 10, 15 minutes in my schedule that I may not have had if I For had sure. a student shadowing me. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it they the, these decisions don't feel good in the short term, but mm-hmm. they pay off in the long term. And exactly. we just have to keep reminding ourselves of that. And learn to be okay with that momentary disappointment yeah. in other people and then even ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And you know, it's not like because you said no that there was no one for that student to yeah, shadow. And exactly. I think a lot of times like as women, we're like, oh well if I don't do it then 
no one's going to do mm-hmm. it and I'm going to let down this student and they're not going to have this experience that they need like for 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 their program and stuff like that but a lot of times that just isn't the case it's a story that we've created in our heads yeah that just is not built in truth Absolutely. And I think you see that a lot. And, and, you know, I think of myself as sort of a a people pleaser, you know, and that's something that I've been, you know, working on for a very long time. Um, And I think, you know, for people like that, you just have to remind yourself that you have limits. You Mm -hmm. know, it's so easy for people like us who do do a lot of things to think I can do more things. But, you know, you can't start prioritizing until you realize oh, I can't do all of the things. <laughs> you know, I just, Absolutely. it's impossible to do all of the things. Yeah. And if you try to do all of the things, you end up not doing any of them well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. you're spread too thin. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes. Y'all, I just have to tell you that the Patreon members are really having a lot of fun. There are so many Patreon-only resources and podcast episodes that have been a huge hit lately. My new favorite resource is a PDF that includes five of my go-to meals. So each of these five meals include a convenience rating, the different side dishes that I serve with it, and the reason why I like it so much. It also includes some different substitutions that you can use depending on what's in your kitchen. And then my new favorite bonus episode is all about pivoting. In a recent instance in my life that I had to make a big pivot. Joining Patreon is like becoming a think happy VIP. It's only $5 a month and is one of the best ways you can support the think happy podcast. To join, go to patreon.com backslash think happy, or just click the link in my Instagram bio. So I feel like there are just so many different forms of true self-care that we could be doing for ourselves. And I also think that like depending on the day or the season that we're in, the season of life, not actual season, I mean maybe season too, (laughs) um, that those different forms of self-care could look, you know, different based off of different days and different seasons. So what I mean by that is like maybe today your form of self-care is literally just lying down for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and closing your eyes and just breathing and not doing anything. But then maybe tomorrow your form of self-care is like going on a jog around your neighborhood or like a walk with your dog or your kid. And like both of those forms of Mm self-care I feel like are good. So do you have any suggestions on how we can just like really be in tune with what our body and mind is needing and for and Uh, in terms of different types of self-care yeah I mean I think you kind of already said it which is like listen to your body like your body if there's one thing I learned in medical training it's that your body is extremely smart and it is constantly telling you things Mm -hmm. and your job is to kind of tune in and actually listen to it and give it what it needs yeah and so oftentimes like the answer's already there. Like, it's like your body's telling you, like, what what it wants from you. You just have to, like, really listen to it and For honor sure. it. Um, and I think one key about listening to your body is sort of um, 
examining things you're feeling in your body with a lens of Mm non-judgment and not with a lens of fear. Right. Um, Because I think it's very easy, especially when you're sort of – like someone who is very in tune with your body to start jumping to conclusions about things you're feeling and yeah. then it just adds to the stress and is not does not become self-care yes. so like I'll give you like a personal example is like when I'm very stressed I will start waking up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll be like really hot and sweaty and I'll just you know normally I'm somebody who's always very cold so when that happens it's like oh this is kind of new and unusual yeah. and I've learned over time and also you know from my medical training that I don't have some more serious underlying problem problem exactly um but I know when that starts happening like that is a sign that I am stressed and like Mm -hmm. something is going on I've got some unresolved issue that I need to work through address um and I and I and I know that and then I can work on that and that's the root of that issue you know but I think what I see in a lot of my patients is like they'll have an experience like that they won't come and talk to me about it Mm -hmm. they'll go consult Dr. Google and then all of a sudden they're like convincing themselves that they have like lymphoma or menopause or like hyperthyroidism and then it's just another thing that they're stressed about and And it just snowballs. It snowballs, right? Exactly. So, I mean, this is one reason, like, it's really good to have a doctor that you can run by Mm -hmm. things, and that way you can feel confident in, you know, listening to your body with this lens of non-judgment and not having fear. Yeah. And and feeling confident that, you know, you can fulfill your needs. (laughs) Um, Exactly. But, I mean, that's kind of how I think about what I need for my own self-care. Yeah. You know? So I think that and this is just going to be like such an elementary example, but I think such a good example that almost anyone would be able to um, like put the pieces of the puzzle together with listening to your body is just the sensation of thirst that you get when you're thirsty, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you take a sip of water. When you're feeling thirsty, that's your body telling you, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I need some water. Like when you have to go to the bathroom, when you have that sensation, it's your body telling you, you know, it's time to do that. And so I think that like listening internally to your body also with like the things that you're feeling, Mm -hmm. um, waking up in the middle of the night because Mm -hmm. of anxiety and stress, it's just taking those like physical things that you feel like thirst and always like practicing that and just transitioning it to like listening what's going on like between your ears Mm -hmm. and and up here in your head and you know the more you practice it the better you'll get at it but you have to start somewhere yeah Yeah. I mean a strategy that um, I heard once that was really helpful for me was even when you're having an emotional uh, like feeling in your body asking yourself where am I physically feeling this Mm -hmm. sometimes can help you step out of yourself for a moment and yeah. not get so wrapped up in the feeling that mm-hmm. you just snowball into like you know panic or overwhelm oh for sure so you know even if it's just like hanging up the phone after like a stressful conversation asking yourself okay like where am I feeling this stress in my body is it mm-hmm. in my throat is it in my chest is it in my you know neck muscles like where yeah. do I feel it that's like oftentimes the first step in sort of stepping outside that monkey mind mm-hmm. and you know um, yeah being able to to look at yourself with that non-judgmental mind that is so powerful because i like the panic attacks that i have had thankfully i've never had like a severe one but it always starts with me thinking like oh like is my heart racing Mm -hmm. and then i start thinking about how my heart is racing and then it starts racing even more and then it almost every single time it happens in this order then it's like 
oh, am I getting enough air? Yeah. Well, then before I know it, like I'm taking shorter breaths. And, right. And then it's like, oh, well, my fingers are buzzing. And it's just because I'm like so hyper-focused, right. you know, and it's like. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the cycle that so many patients describe to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's all very physiologic. It makes sense with biology. It's like as yeah. soon as you start getting worried about something, it's a natural response for your heart rate to go up, mm-hmm. for your breathing to get faster and more shallow. And then it just snowballs. And then yeah. you, you get to the point where you're like really worked up and you, know, exactly. you feel like you're going to p- pass out. So, um, you know, it's interesting because it's kind of um, a similar thing that happens with pain. And, you know, pain generally when you have it is like a little red flag, like your body's telling you like, mm-hmm. hey, this area needs a attention something's going on yeah. here um but when you focus on that pain with that lens of fear you're mm-hmm. reinforcing that you're you're reinforcing to your brain oh yeah pay attention to that that is something really bad yeah and so you're actually in a way like perpetuating yeah. a signal that your body may otherwise like if you were had been very relaxed mm-hmm. about it and been like oh you know that thing's hurting it's probably going to go away and mm-hmm. it may have gone away by sort of hyper focusing on it, you're reinforcing that pathway and you can yeah. make it chronic. You exactly. Know? So yeah. there's, I really, I'm a big believer in like a lot of mind body um, yeah. connection. And I, and I think that that's, you know, pain and anxiety are two places mm-hmm. where it shows up a lot. And just, I mean, hearing that like scientifically it makes sense, <laughs> honestly, just makes me feel better because so many so many times when I'm feeling like that, one of the thoughts that goes through my head that just perpetuates it and makes it worse is like, this isn't normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something's wrong with me. Like, I shouldn't be feeling like mm-hmm. this. Um, but there is something about knowing that yeah. like with biology, it makes sense. And Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes I'll tell, sometimes my patients will, you know, tell me a little piece of it and I'll be like, okay, it may happen again. Mm-hmm. And some other things you might notice is a little numbness and tingling in your fingers or your toes, maybe even mm-hmm. a little numbness and tingling on your lips. You yes. feel like you're not getting enough air. And sometimes they'll look at me like, oh my God, that like, are you, like, they look at me like, I'll, like I'm psychic or something. Yes. And I'm like, no, it's just like basic physiology. Like this it's is just, just science. Like, yeah. <laughs> like what's happening to you totally makes sense. And yeah. it's actually within your control to reverse, you mm-hmm. know, which I think is really empowering for patients to know. You oh, know? absolutely. So I know that listeners are going to have just heard and their ears are just going to have picked up on the fact that you said that it's in your power to reverse. Oh, So yeah. do you have suggestions <laughs> on how to reverse it? I know if I don't ask you that, everyone's going to be like, missed opportunity, Caitlin. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, I, it, there's no like magic to this. Yes. Literally, it's like slowing down your breathing okay. is going to be the main thing that's going to help you turn yeah. that, to break that cycle and turn it around. Okay. So just very consciously foc- focusing on your breath and Mm -hmm. taking big long inhales and big long exhales that's going to slow down the entire cycle yeah you know um there's also i mean i'm not trained in these but there's also some biofeedback techniques where you can learn to lower your heart rate you Mm -hmm. know in situations where you're trying to you know um calm yourself down so there's a lot of strategies out there that can help you but the breathing like you can literally do that anywhere and no one has to know that you're doing it you know like you can be sitting at lunch like mm-hmm. a meeting or something and like be starting to feel anxious and just like slow your breathing down no one has to know yeah what's going on which i think i mean at least for me it's like also something that i'm thinking is like everyone knows that like <laughs> i'm freaking out right now <laughs> yeah so. yeah no i know i get i get what you're saying i mean i think um 
it's hard to do in the moment because like when you're stressed you're like I can't control it it's just happening you know but I think when you back it up with the thoughts and the knowledge Mm -hmm. that like this is normal yeah you know I can break this cycle I can slow it down I'm not gonna pass out nothing's gonna happen I'm I'm just gonna slow down my breathing I'm totally fine you I think you know it's nice to have like a mantra that you that Mm -hmm. that that works for you that feels true to you that you can kind of tell yourself in those moments when you're trying to slow down uh, the breathing but um Yeah, you can you can definitely break that cycle. <laughs> this is good stuff. Um, okay, so the next question that I have for you is one that you touched on just a little bit, um, but it is a question from a listener, so I want to make mm-hmm. sure to like get the exact question in. Yeah. So she had asked if we can talk about the difference between self care and quote unquote treating yourself, um, which is kind of what you said. Is yeah. Like so what social media and whatever calls self-care yeah I mean I think treating yourself is more about something that's pleasurable in the moment and there's definitely a role for that and like I would love my patients to treat themselves from time to time but I think it is something distinct from self-care you know like like I said I think like buying yourself maybe something that's a little bit more expensive than you would normally Mm -hmm. buy you know might be treating yourself but that's not really contributing to your like long-term well-being in the same way that some other activity that actually fills up your cup and rejuvenates you yeah. is doing. So yeah. I think I think we need both. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. What are um I didn't prep you for this question. So That's apologies okay. in advance. <laughs> what are some things that you and your life do for self care? And then I'll say some things that I do. Oh, some things that I do for self care. Um I think just scheduling some time to be by myself (laughs) has been huge. Um, I think when you become a mom, you know, sometimes early on, I didn't realize that like time where I was just me and my son is Mm -hmm. not really alone time. Like it's like... (laughs) Yeah. It's really not a long time. You so. are more on than <laughs> yes, ever. Yes. <laughs> you're like highly stimulated yes, when you're around a child. Yes. So um, you like aren't sitting for more than 30 seconds. So <laughs> it took me a while to realize that it's fine to schedule a time for childcare so that I can be fully alone and not yeah. working. Yeah. Um, and it's nice. I like having the flexibility to do whatever I want in those times. Mm-hmm. So I don't always like schedule something. But um, I mean, I would say that's one thing. And then. Honestly, I mean, it's kind of a funny thing to say as self-care, but um, I have a group of girlfriends that we all had babies at the same time, yeah. and we kind of find any excuse to get together for dinner now. So fun. Um, and that has become, I mean, it's almost like our therapies. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And I, I feel like those dinners are, they're like good for my mental health. Like they, for sure. They, they, are, they, the have, they have, yeah, they have been um, just such a great source of self-care for me over the last um, couple of years since having my baby. So I don't know. Those are probably the the main ones. What I love that you brought up is that you schedule it. I think that a lot of times people are like, oh, well, I shouldn't have to schedule time to take care of myself. But think about all the plethora of things that we schedule in our daily lives. Like, you can schedule something for yeah, yourself. Yeah, I mean, if it's important, you schedule it most of the time. Going to the doctor, you schedule. The dentist, vet appointments, you know, all of that stuff we schedule. So take some time to schedule for you, I too. I know. If you don't schedule it, a lot of times it just won't happen. It's so true. So um, yeah. I have to schedule things in order to do them. Um, yeah. And that's why, like, the dinner with the girls is such a great thing. Because there's, sure. there's, like, four of us to keep each other accountable and mm-hmm. show up. And so you can't just blow it off at the last exactly. moment. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think... Having it on your schedule and blocking the time and, you know, designating that as you. It's not only the activity that you do, but it's almost more about taking the stand and saying, 
I'm important. My time is yep. important. Time with myself is important. Yeah. And, and by putting it on the calendar, you're doing that. You know, yeah. so it almost doesn't matter what you do. It's like for sure you've already like made the commitment to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like my main two things that I main two things that I do for self-care are um, I wake up early in the mornings before Oakley's awake, before my daughter Ellie is awake. And I will a lot of times it's so easy for me just to like get sucked in and immediately start working. Mm -hmm. But probably two or three times a week and I will identify this time ahead of time. So it's not quite scheduling, Mm -hmm. but it's like I go into the week knowing which days. I'm going to start with just like me time is what I call it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't pull out my laptop. I I journal and like I drink my coffee nice and slow. And so that for sure is a form of self-care for me. And then the other, which a lot of people don't see exercise as self-care. I think if it serves you, then it is self-care. Oh, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Exercise without a shadow of a doubt is like mm-hmm. one of my biggest forms of self-care. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great one. I mean, you kill like so many birds with one stone when you're exercising. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like oh, good yeah. for your mood, good for your physical body. It's mm-hmm. self-care. Exactly, know? yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's a great one. Oh, so good. Okay, so before we wrap up, my favorite question that I ask all guests, do you have a life or happiness hack that you find helpful that our listeners might want to adopt in their own lives? Yeah, so my favorite happiness hack is actually a little mini gratitude practice. <gasps> oh, yes, all um, about gratitude practices. <laughs> so I actually, I had I had started doing this when I was wedding planning, which I found to be a very stressful time. And, so did I, um, <laughs> I kind of let it go for a while, and then my husband and I started doing it again during COVID when mm-hmm. things were a little bit stressful. So the practice is very simple. It's literally just by yourself or with a partner or with your whole family um, saying every day at the end of each day, one thing that went right that day, mm-hmm. one thing you're grateful for, and one thing that you're looking forward to. Oh, um, I and love it's that. it's so simple. It like fosters connection if you're doing it with mm-hmm. you know your family because you hear about their day, yeah, and, you know how they're feeling and what they're looking forward to, and it just forces you for a moment to focus on some positive things, yeah. especially with the last couple of years the way they've been. It's so hard not to feel bombarded by sort of like mm-hmm. negative news and oh, it's everywhere, every, yeah. <laughs> everything around us, and so. You know, there's there's clinical trials on gratitude and how it affects the body. And it has, you know, a zillion health benefits, reducing anxiety, improving mm-hmm. insomnia, reducing stress. Um, and if you think about it, it's like, you know, you're momentarily shifting the biochemistry of your brain, which is yeah. so powerful. Yeah. And it and it's free and it takes no time, which is no like time. my <laughs> favorite kind of intervention. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> What I like about, I like a lot about that. But one of the things that came to my mind, you and I aren't here yet because our kids are both still pretty, too young to have conversations yeah. with. <laughs> but um, I hear my mom friends talking about how, you know, once their kids start getting older, they just like don't know the questions to ask their kids anymore. And if they ask how their day was at school, they just get like one word answers and mm-hmm. stuff. But having a conversation point like that of like, what's one good thing that happened today? And like, what are you grateful for? What's something you're looking forward to tomorrow? You know, that could just open up a whole different avenue of having conversation like with the family and with your kids who maybe aren't as open to tell you about how their day at school was or mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when, you know, it's the end of the day and everyone's tired, it's so easy to just not have meaningful conversations. Oh, sometimes. yeah. And so it's just like this is just a nice little set of questions that I think, mm-hmm. you know, encourages that. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. And 
just thank you for being here with us again. This has been such a fun conversation. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's been really fun. Um, okay, so where can the listeners connect with you online? I know they're going to love your Instagram <laughs> as much as I do. Oh, <laughs> I thank it. you. So my, my Instagram handle is um, my name, Sonia Singh, S-O-N-I-A-S-I-N-G-H-M-D. Um, and then my practice name is Juniper Modern Primary Care. Um, and the website is junipermodernprimarycare.com. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. And then for our Houston listeners, where can they come and see you in person? Yeah. So I am currently accepting new patients. I'm located just down the street from the Galleria. So okay. you know where Nordstrom is. Yes. It's literally like two blocks from that. Everyone here knows where um, Nordstrom is. <laughs> for uh, the Think Happy Co. community, I did create a discount code, which gives you $50 off your first month of med- membership and the code will be think happy um all one word um and um i have availability like within a few days usually so i would love to have you as a patient yeah Mm -hmm. thank you so much for that code that's exciting and again just thank you for being here um okay you guys so Last thing before I wrap up, here is your reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the Think Happy podcast if you haven't already, and bonus points if you send it to a friend, and then double bonus points if you join in on all of the fun that the Patreon members are having. The link to join is patreon.com backslash thinkhappy. Thank you in advance, and you guys, I'll just see you next week. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Think Happy Podcast. If you just can't get enough, find me on Instagram at thinkhappy underscore co, that's C-O, and online at thinkhappyco.com. See you next week.